Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. I hear up in Buffalo and the northeast at least, there's a rather um, sizable snowstorm down here in Tyler, Texas. It's gorgeous. 32 degrees this morning, but the sun is shining. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, God is on his throne, always. The sun always shines in any weather, S-O-N. I'm happy to be with you, dear ones. Yesterday, I'm, I'm doing things backwards. We read part two of The Lion of Munster. Um, uh, he is Cardinal von Gallen, who wrote in 1939 at the beginning of the Nazi era, and things were turning dangerously against family and life just as it is today only um, I think it was so it's worse today than it was then Um, they were attacked from outside then we are being attacked from within now and I I thought I'd go back now and read the first part of that article because the whole article is tremendous and it's been published by Voice of the Family you could find them online they are um, they are worth reading everything they ever publish and worth subscribing to. There's no cost to subscribe to them and get their emails, and I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you have um, an inkling to donate to them, you will be donating to a very good, uh, solidly Catholic um, organization. And the title of this is The Goal of Education, A Timeless Message for Parents from the Lion of Munster. It's the first in a new series of articles rooted in in the teaching of Divini Ilius Magistri, which seeks to assist parents in preparing their children to live as mature Christians in dangerous times. Today, a toxic world environment today, beloved. Um, This is uh, January 27th, 2023. A toxic world environment, including, sadly, within the institutional church, sees Catholic teaching on marriage and the sanctity of human life constantly undermined. We begin by exploring Catholic teaching on the goal of education. On the 20th of July, 1941, at the height of Hitler's power, Archbishop Clemens August von Gallen delivered one of three historic sermons in the Church of Our Lady in Munster, denouncing the injustices crying out to heaven on the part of the Reich. In words which will reverberate down the centuries, the Archbishop urged parents not to neglect their most sacred duty to resist the false teachings and morals to which the German youth were being subjected. He instructed them to keep their minds firmly on the eternal goal of their educational efforts as parents, to show their children the way to heaven, and to confirm in their children the holy will never, um, 
the holy will rather, never to stray from the path that leads to God. I pray there's even one bishop in the world teaching such things today. I don't know of any. I don't know of any. Not that there aren't good bishops, but I don't know of any that is teaching exactly this. With stunning eloquence, he told parents, be tough, keep steadfast. We are the anvil and not the hammer. But take a look in the blacksmith's shop. Ask the smith and let him tell you. What is formed on the anvil takes its shape. Its shape not only from the hammer, but from the anvil. It doesn't hit back and doesn't have to. It only has to be firm and hard. What are being forged at this time between the hammer and the anvil are our youth, the growing as yet unfinished youth, soft and still capable of being formed. We cannot protect them from the hammer strokes of unbelief, of hatred of Christendom, of false teachings and morals. What is being preached to them and forced upon them in the club nights and service of the youth groups? What do they hear in schools? What do they read in the new school books? Christian parents, have a look at the books. You will be furious at how they seek to instill mistrust of Christianity and the church, even hatred against the Christian faith into the minds of inexperienced children. End quote. And those were excerpts from Cardinal von Gallen's writings. <clears throat> At the time, he was Archbishop of Munster, and his words apply entirely to parents today, not least those sending their children to Catholic schools. Last week, the Voice of the Family writes, the 12th of January, 2023, an opinion Peace in the Catholic Herald drew attention to the onslaught of spiritual propaganda from Disney, a brand synonymous with children's entertainment, targeting children with the message, quote, down with the traditional values, down with the patriarchy, down with gender norms. Catherine Bennett, the author of the piece, writes this. Increasingly, in schools, libraries, bookshops, films, and on television, our children are present, presented with material that strips them of their innocence and teaches them lies about who they are. Disney, Disney, Disney has gone more than woke. They have become subjects of the devil, the devil, and they have just purchased Pixar, I understand. So those two organizations... You are to stay, if you care about your children, stay far away from them. What needs to be added is that exactly the same thing is happening in the Catholic schools. For example, St. Peter's Catholic Primary School in Warrington, Cheshire, England, boasts to visitors of its website, quote, St. Peter's has achieved the Rainbow Flag Award. We have undertaken a variety of tasks to ensure LGBT inclusion in our school. The award focuses on LGBT+, that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, plus other related identities, inclusion and visibility, as well as developing strategies to combat LGBT-phobic bullying, end quote. 
I may translate that, they have developed a program to send themselves and all their students and families to hell. That's it. Nothing short of that. Photographs, if we, call, if we don't call abortion murder, we're not saying what it is. We need to see, say that every bishop that welcomes LBGT uh, plus people and, and uh, so-called same-sex couples and all of that, um, you are leading souls to hell, and you will follow them, or they, you will go before them. If you meet with them to, uh, with the purpose of helping them know the truth and become Catholic, that is good, but not to have um, them part of your people, I'm okay, you're okay, because they're not okay, and neither are you if you welcome them and leave them in their uh, damned lifestyles. Damned as a verb, if they continue that way, they will be in hell. That's what the scriptures say. Apostle Paul said, no homosexual, no slanderer, no gossip, no murderer will enter the kingdom of heaven. Photographs on the website of this school include one little girl at, um, it calls it foundation stage. It covers the period up to five years old, carrying her drawing of a rainbow flag, two hearts, and our handwritten message, everyone is included. The website also explains to visitors, quote, one of our children in foundation stage shared this wonderful message of inclusion with Mrs. Leah. She chose to write this at the writing table during explore time. Well, no, not everyone is included on the narrow road to heaven, beloved. No, no. It is, you are under the devil who seeks that everyone will wind up in hell. The article continues, we at Voice of the Family very much hope and pray that St. Peter's School takes down this photograph quickly, along with other pictures of children imbibing spiritual propaganda. The phrase used by Catherine Bennett in another context in her Catholic Herald article, including one of a t-shirt proclaiming, love has no gender, in childlike script, before they do any more damage. End quote. The article continues, just in case visitors to St. Peter's Primary School website should be in any doubt of the take-home message from the school about their education of children, one of the 24 educational so-called children's books that they exhibit includes the title, And Tango Makes Three about which Amazon Books says, quote, I'm going to read this when we come back from the break. It's just awful. It's straight from hell, beloved. Um, you need to wake up to what's happening to your children if you let them out of your home. Um, there's the music for our first break, dear ones. We will take your calls, your texts, your emails following the second break. We'll have a whole half hour, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart whatsoever. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. What you're offering and giving to me, you deserve to get back because you're offering more than I can give. I learned so much through the Station on the Cross. I listen to the radio station daily, and I absolutely love it. I was attending the chapel and places like that, and through your programs, I was able to find out how other Protestants had come back into the Catholic Church. God bless the Station of the Cross. Donate today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and we are live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. We are in the middle of an article published uh, by Voice of the Family online. Uh, it has to do with the uh, their summary of three sermons given by Archbishop uh, von Gallen, who would later be Cardinal von Gallen, of Münster, uh, Germany, in 1941, um, right in the middle of the Nazi era, when families and were being and ch- school children were being taught um, atheism and everything dangerous, and he has written uh, mostly to uh, parents on the importance of education. And this article has just pointed out one particular school that is fallen for this whole LBGTQ plus agenda. Um, And it says, just in case visitors to St. Peter's Primary School uh, website should be in any doubt of the take-home message from the school about their education of children, one of the 24 educational so-called children's books that they exhibit includes a book titled And Tango, T-A-N-G-O, And Tango Makes Three, about which Amazon Books says, quote, 
Roy and Silo are just like the other penguin couples at the zoo. They bow to each other, walk together, and swim together. But Roy and Silo are a little bit different. They are both boys. Then one day, when Mr. Gramsci, the zookeeper, finds them trying to hatch a stone, he realizes that it may be time for Roy and Silo to become parents for real. This is 100% demonic, beloved. Amazon lists this book as suitable for five-year-olds. And Amazon is very part of this, uh, very much a part of the Great Reset, the destruction of humanity. It also appears on the website of the Archdiocese of Liverpool, alongside many other books promoting gender ideology, which in their turn are to be found on St. Peter's Primary School website. I wish that the bishop of every diocese who allows such things on their website or to exist in their diocese would be laicized, disciplined first. And if they don't convert, they need to be laicized because they are ordained to save souls and they are not being, um, uh, what's the word? Um, They're not apathetic. They're not uh, doing nothing. They are positively destroying souls. Another book which appears on St. Peter's website is titled, Are You a Boy or Are You a Girl? The theme of which Amazon again summarizes as follows. This brightly illustrated book will open a dialogue with children aged three plus about gender diversity in a fun and creative way, of course. The devil began as an angel of light. He knows how to be one, even as the devil. Featuring a gender-neutral protagonist, the book imparts an important message about identity and being who you want to be. Tiny's, that's the name of uh, little one, Tiny's story will assist parents, family, and teachers in giving children the space to express themselves fully, explore different identities, and have fun at the same time. End quote. In 1941, Archbishop, then Archbishop von Gallen, gave a number of unambiguous commands to parents in Munster, whose children, he said, could not be protected from the hammer strokes of unbelief, of hatred of Christendom, of false teachings and morals coming from Germany's secular authorities. His message to Munster's Catholic parents could not be more relevant for Catholic parents today whose children are facing such poisonous spiritual propaganda both in the secular world and within the environment of Catholic institutions around the world. Quote, Archbishop von Gallen says, Christian parents, you must keep an eye on all these things or else you will be neglecting your most sacred duty. You will not be able to be justified before your conscience and before him who entrusted those children to you so that you would show them the way to heaven. Sadly, you cannot spare your children that noble but as yet unhardened and unformed raw metal from the hammer strokes of hatred of the faith, hatred of the church. But the anvil also does its work in forming the metal. 
Let your parental home, your parental love and loyalty, let your exemplary Christian life be the hard, tenacious, firm, immovable anvil which parries the weight of the enemy's blows, which continually strengthen the yet weak power of the young people and confirms them in the holy will never to stray from the path that leads to God, end quote. The Voice of the Family article summarizing Bishop, Archbishop von Gallen's talk says, In summary, therefore, Archbishop von Gallen, known to history as the Lion of Munster, has the following messages for parents today. Firstly, our sacred duty, the goal of all our formative work as the primary educators of our children, is to show our children the way to heaven. Beloved, if, you, if, if, if schools look upon you as terrorists and interfering and all of that, they're wrong. And they don't have more power. They have no more power over you than you give them. Pull your children out. God has given you, God created those children through you. He's given you the power, the, the uh, vocation, and the command to raise them and nurture them in the faith, not to give them to the schools to ruin them. Secondly, in carrying out our sacred duty, parents must be tough and steadfast. We must live exemplary Christian lives so that the formation of our children is like the hard, tenacious, immovable anvil, resisting the hammer strokes of false teachings outside our homes. And parents, mothers, um, I'm, I'm assuming most fathers are working outside the home and your attire is um, suitable for whatever job you have. Mothers, be beautiful inside the home. Get dressed. Don't be sloppy. Don't walk around in your bathrobe. Be beautiful. Give your children a picture of beauty and holiness and honor, modesty. Thirdly, he says, we must keep a close eye on the false teachings that our children are hearing in school, what they are reading in the new school books, and what is being preached to them by teachers and in libraries, bookshops, films, and on television, as Catherine Bennett also reminds us. <clears throat> the Archbishop's teaching was firmly rooted in the doctrine contained in Divini Ilius Magistri, Pope Pius XI's encyclical on Christian education of youth, which has been described as the real Magna Carta of Christian education, outside which Pius XI makes clear no education is complete and perfect. Voice of the Family has a three-part series on this. Yesterday I read part two. Today I decided to go back and read part one. And as soon as part three comes out, I will read it to you. Beloved, um, you must, you must protect your children and raise them. You must. Um, and husbands, you will be very guilty if you lead, leave everything to your wives because you are to be the head of the home, not to lord it over anybody, 
especially your wife, but to lay down your life for your wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. And women, wives, you are to submit to your husband, but men, your wife is to submit to a husband who will lay down his life for her as Christ lays his life down and laid his life down for the church. That is the love that any woman can submit to and longs to submit to. Don't you lord it over her. Don't you boss her. Be Christ to your wife and to your children. Love came down from heaven in human flesh and walked alongside us to correct us, to instruct us in love, to lead us to heaven and lay down his life for us. That's what you must do. First with your wife and then with your children. Wives, submit to your husbands and in everything but sin and um, teach your children love, not by how you love them, but by how you love your children. Archbishop Chap, who years ago said, the greatest gift a husband can give his children is to love their mother, to love his wife. And the converse is true. The greatest gift a mother can give her children is to love her husband. Because children don't learn what they hear or are instructed or forced to do. They learn what they see. And if, if mom, you speak disrespectfully to your husband, you yell at him, you argue with him, your children will not respect their father or you. Husbands, you speak disrespectfully or lorded over your wife, your children will not learn love, they will not respect you, and they will not respect their mother. You will be destroying them if you don't respect and love one another. They need to see you hugging and kissing in the kitchen. They need to feel secure, not because you've provided a home for them and food, that's, that won't give them security. The only security they will have is seeing the two of you love each other truly and never a, a bad word and never a bad argument, and never a bad attitude, and certainly to never go against one another or correct one another in front of the children. There's an article on, in Crisis Magazine today by a man named Kennedy Hall, and the title is Husbands, Lead and Cherish Your Wives. It's quite a riveting article, um, and I don't think I'll have time to read it before the break, but you can go on to um, Crisis Magazine online and read Husbands, um, Lead and Cherish Your Wives. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's short, but it's very riveting. Um, and a quote from there is, it is divinely revealed truth that husbands are called to lead their wives in the way that Christ leads the church. This means that husbands are called to serve, direct, die for, and cherish their wives. There's the music for our second break, beloved. And when we come back, we'll have a half hour all to ourselves. Um, and you're welcome again to call in with your name or anonymously. It makes no difference whatsoever to us. Uh, the only difference it makes to us that you do what is, excuse me with my hiccups now, that you do what is best for you. So call or write or email or text with anything on your heart, toll free, one 877 511 or email at one um, email at mother at the station of the cross 
www.thepeacefulmoment.com. We'll be right back. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 27th. Today we celebrate St. Angela Marici. In a vision, today's saint was told she would one day found a religious community. Angela Marici drew on her deep faith and her natural leadership qualities to make it happen. Early in life, she was appalled at the ignorance among poor children in her rural Italian village, especially their lack of religious training. She took it upon herself to give regular instructions to the neighborhood girls. Angela continued her work after moving to the more industrial town of Brescia. There she was aided by women with similar ideals. At age 57, Angela organized a dozen young women to help her in catechetical work. Several years later, the group, which had grown to 28, became the Company of St. Ursula. Members continued to live at home, wore no special habit, and took no formal vows, though the early rule required they live lives of poverty, chastity, and obedience. After Angela's death in 1540, the company became a religious congregation of nuns living in convents. The Ursuline Sisters, the church's first teaching congregation of women, dedicated themselves to re-Christianizing family life through the solid Christian education of future wives and mothers. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. There was no single event. It was more gradual. You know, eventually you just don't go one Sunday and then you don't go two Sundays in a row. Then went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. If I didn't have church or God, I, I, I would be back at that lonely stage, that trouble stage. Whenever you get anxious and worry about things, you just know that Jesus has it under control. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Back. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This, as I said prior to the break, is our half hour together. And our lines are open. I love hearing from you with anything whatsoever on your heart. Call in toll-free 1-877-511-5483. I don't know. I don't think you can text at that number anymore. But you can email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Rose. And Rose writes, Hello, Mother. A Bible study group at my Novus Ordo Parish is offering a study called Reclaiming Vatican II. I believe it is a product of Ave Maria Press. Hmm. I'm not aware of that. I am interested but hesitant because I am a traditional Catholic, even though I can only attend a Latin Mass once a month due to distance. I guess part of me wants to know what those documents say. And the other part says, you do not need this. They will just try to justify it. What would you do? Thank you so much. I really enjoy your podcast and completely agree with you, Rose. 
I don't know what I would do, Rose. Number one, I will double-check that that is a product of Ave Maria Press. I would double-check that. Secondly, it's either a Bible study or a study on reclaiming Vatican II, which is not a Bible study. Um, I, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the documents. You can read the documents of Vatican II. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so... Um, I would question them on the title, Reclaiming Vatican II. What do they mean by that? Why have, Is that the title of a book? I'll have to look that up during the break. Um, if that's the actual title, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know that Vatican II has been uh, formally, officially denounced. So I'm not sure uh, what that is, but... Um, I don't know. I, I think, Rose, if I were in your shoes, um, if, if, if the teaching is good-hearted, if they're doing an honest exploration of the writings, the documents of Vatican II, I could be a part of that. Um, what came from Vatican II has been tragic all these years. Um, but I don't know of particular errors in the documents, so I, I think they would be good to read. So just be alert to the attitude and, um, and that nothing is taught against, uh, against the Church. Again, keeping in mind that Vatican II was a pastoral council and did not teach any new doctrine or change any new doctrine. So the book to get alongside of that is the Catechism Explained. It is the Catechism of Trent. It doesn't say the Catechism of Trent on the cover. It says that, that I'm aware of. It says the Catechism Explained, commented by um, Father Sparago, Reverend Sparago. And it is the Council of Trent, which was doctrinal. Nothing, it was doctrinal, and nothing is going to change from that. And with great amount of comments uh, and teaching. So you, it, it'd be good to have that alongside with the Vatican II documents, um, if anyone questions things, you could look it up with the Council of Trent. Um, we have a comment from Elizabeth on Facebook, and, and Elizabeth writes, Is it sinful to stop, stop giving money to the church? Elizabeth, uh, this is a difficult one also. Uh, we are called to support our pastors and the church. We are called to do that, yes. Uh, it would be sinful to stop giving. But we need to be circumspect. So when the USCCB has a collection and they're giving money to a Catholic, a res, um, what is it, CRS, Catholic Research, a CR, oh, thank you, James, Catholic Relief Services, yeah, I will not donate to that because Catholic Relief Services is giving money uh, for... Um, abortion and condoms and everything else all over the world, poor countries. So you need to check out what they're doing. They have contributed millions of dollars to un-Catholic um, causes and that are, that are evil. So I would not give to them. But if I have a particular parish that is giving me the Eucharist and whose priest I must support in order to go there, just give to your parish. You don't have to give to the diocesan collection. That's not sinful. It, you need to know where the money is going. But do give 
go to a good parish and, and do give to that parish specifically. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, I have a strong desire to attend the Latin Mass. For the last two years, my daughter and I have gone when we can and would love to keep attending. My daughter really likes the traditional Latin Mass and even told me if she ever got married and had kids, she would want to bring her kids to the traditional Latin Mass. My wife, on the contrary, has no interest in attending the Latin Mass. She has gone a few times with my daughter and I, but made the point of no desire in going again and would rather attend the Novus Ordo as we always had. My wife, daughter, and I make every effort to go to Mass together. This is a good thing, but we go to Novus Ordo. I'm going to be quite honest. Every Sunday, it really saddens me that we cannot go to, to the traditional Latin Mass. I at least watch the Mass through YouTube after the church live streams the traditional Latin Mass, but it is not the same as when you are present, that's for sure. I do not want to be insistent on my wife or create any conflict in my family. What advice can you give, Mother? Thank you. I love listening to your show. Please pray for me and my family in Christ Anonymous. We will pray, and we pray for all of you, beloved. Um, I feel a little more confident giving you this answer, dear one, because when Bishop Snyder was on the program with me, a woman called in with this very question. And um, Bishop Snyder's answer was, uh, was definitive. He said, keep the peace in the family keep the peace in the family, meaning continue, pray that our Lord will change your spouse's heart, but keep the peace and go to church together. So do that. And um, uh, I, I wish your, your wife would um, uh, submit more to the words of St. Paul in Ephesians and submit to her husband and trust God's judgment through you. I wish that were the case. It's not to be her preference. It's to be your leading the family. But uh, she doesn't have that understanding or development. And so I would be very gentle and um, go to Novus Ordo with her. And yes, you can watch the traditional Latin Mass on TV. Um, but uh, definitely go to Novus Ordo and receive our Lord. Um, and be very, very loving toward her and teach your daughter to be the same, to keep peace in the family as long as it's not sin and there's no sin there. So um, I do believe there's probably quite a bit sacrilege, but but it's not sin. So, uh, well, sacrilege is sin, but um, the Novus Ordo is valid mass. Um, and I, I, the more you love your wife... Uh, the more you teach your daughter to love and submit in love, not showing your wife, okay, we'll go. No, truly in love. The more your wife feels loved and that you support her um, uh, and want to care for her, she will probably be converted to coming with you. Um, at the very least, you could ask her if um, uh, the two of you could compromise and go every other week to the Latin, every other week to the Novus Ordo uh, in time. 
We have an email from Amy who says, Hello, Mother Miriam. I was listening to you on the radio the other night, and you were reading from a book of Christmas stories, but I cannot recall the title. Could you tell me the name so that I can purchase it? Oh, I'm sorry, Amy. I remember it has a red cover. No surprise. Thank you so much, and God bless you. I think the title is Christmas Stories. I think that is the title. I don't recall the book, uh, and I don't know that I'll be able to find it. Um, but I will I will keep this in mind and, and save your email, Amy, and see if I could find it at home or online and tell you what it is. Um, we have an email from Carmen who says, Dear Mother, I was referred to you by my friend who goes to a Latin traditional Catholic church. I'm having some marital problems and have been getting mixed advice from different people of Christian faith. I met my husband, <clears throat> raised as Catholic but never practicing. He became agnostic when he reached 18 and joined the military when I was 24. It took two years before we were committed to each other. We dated exclusively for another three years. Then we got married in a courthouse. We stayed apart for nine months due to work commitment. And when we got together physically, I got pregnant straight away. It was bliss for seven years, although it was a long distance relationship. When my now 14-year-old, oh, when my now, who is now 14-year-old, when my 14-year-old son was born, things changed. He was up most nights hiding, he, uh, meaning her husband, was up most nights hiding his porn addiction from me. I wanted to leave, but my visa and baby commitment and no job made it difficult for me. I just allowed myself to be submissive. It went downhill from there. I was gaslit, devalued, never felt appreciated. I felt dumb. His mother-in-law was horrible to me most of the time. His mother-in-law, wouldn't that be your mother? Was horrible to me most of the time, but he always took her side. For 13 years, I was unhappy and wanted to leave, but never had the courage to. I had nowhere to go. I cried so many times. I felt unsupported, especially with our son with autism and severe anxiety. And I had to homeschool him full time for seven years. I was once sexually abused by my husband. Did you hear that? Husbands, I was once sexually abused by my husband when I accused him of having an affair. He said it was for punishment. Can you believe that? Some people who are married think that they can't abuse their wives. Oh, yes, you can. And that's criminal. Then COVID came. I was awakened to the truth. He was not. He believed the jab. He took the jab. And rather, I took it too. I'm so sorry. But, oh, he, he wanted you to take it. She said, but I did not. I'm prepared to fight for freedom and compromise on financial security. He was not. Financial status is important to him. He had full left hip replacement on August 2021 and took the first jab October 21 and the second November 21. 
it was very traumatic for me. My world turned upside down. I had major PTSD, a mortgage payment, and a special needs son, and I have no job. Before he took the jab, I tried to convince him not to take it, but he called me names, conspiracy, theorist, etc. I cried on the dining table, begging him to talk to me, but he just gave me a cold stare. It was so hurtful. I felt discarded. Oh, my goodness, beloved. We're going to finish this email when we come back from the break. It'll be our final segment, um, and I will continue with this email. Um, it's amazing. We need to read these to see what pain and trauma people live in. It's just awful. And many of you may be suffering in your marriage situation out there, and then you'll read something like this and say, I don't have it that bad, or maybe some of you have it worse. But um, um, nothing comes more, nothing is more important than coming fully into the Catholic Church and believing God to, that He does love you. He died for you. He rose from you. And we'll protect you. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Uh, we are live, blessed be God, and this is our final segment we're in the middle of a, um, a devastating uh, 
uh, email because of a devastating life situation between a couple that got married. They weren't ca- were not Catholic, and it's a tremendously abusive situation. Um, uh, they have two children. One is disabled, and the husband took the uh, COVID jab. The wife did not. Um, <clears throat> I'll back up one paragraph and finish the email. He, her husband, had full left hip replacement on August 21, uh, 2021, and took the first jab on October 2021 and the second in November 2021. It was very traumatic for me. My world turned upside down. I had major PTSD, a mortgage payment, and a special needs son, and I have no job. Before he took the jab, I tried to convince him not to take it, <clears throat> but he called me names, conspiracy theorists, etc. I cried on the dining table begging him to talk to me, but he just gave me a cold stare. It was so hurtful, I felt discarded. I left him in 2022 nine times from January to July. Oh my goodness. There aren't even nine months between January and July. I went to a friend but it got very unsafe, and he said he will kill the landlord. I kept coming back because my trauma bond was so strong. Anxiety was so overpowering. Oh, my goodness. The police should have been called in at that point. I was heavily pushed, heavily pushed by him to see a psychotherapist to get myself fixed. The therapist said my husband is love-bombing me. I didn't know what that word Um, meant until I looked it up online and it is part of an abusive cycle. I saw a lawyer and she referred me to domestic abuse care. I am seeing a social worker but she can only help if I decide to leave again. That's right. However, a lot of unjabbed Christians advised me advised me to stay in the marriage. No, 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 no. They quote, his spike proteins won't affect me. Jesus' blood will protect me. That's not the issue in your marriage, spike proteins. They turn a blind eye to pornography and sexual abuse, so guilt was also very strong. Some Christians from the church I used to go to monitored me and reported to him. Oh my goodness, this is demonic. Plus, I had no financial means to sustain me for the long haul. Last October, 2022, I enrolled my son in school. I explored ways I could be independent. Then I met an unjabbed couple who understands me and is happy to help without paying for my paying for room rent. They can help me, but I cannot stay if my son stays with me as well. They are needing help in their own household, so I offer housekeeping services for free room rent. If I stay with my jabbed husband, he has a very secure, high-paying job and is currently love-bombing me big time. He's afraid of losing me. I have no financial problems now until his health condition could be affected by his jab. If I leave, it's super uncertain. Plus, the guilt, fear, and shame keeps me from leaving. Trauma bond kicks in really bad. I have no job, and it is very challenging to find a house to live in. I might lose my son as well, as he prefers his dad and the comfort of family home. 
I don't know what to do. Please advise me. Regards, Carmen. Oh, dear Carmen, what a mess. I am so, so sorry. This social worker who want, cannot help you unless you leave again, she needs to help you to leave. You need to leave that situation, Carmen. You need to leave that situation. And she needs to get you into a shelter um, where you don't have to pay a penny and you're supported by social services with food and all of your needs. She needs to put you in a home for abused women with your child, with your children. Um, and he must, and you must be protected. He, you must not have a landlord. Um, uh, he must not know where you are. He must not know where you are. That's the whole point. If he threatens to kill a landlord, the police have to be called in to someone who threatens to kill somebody. Um, she needs to help you, dear one. You are a prisoner in a very terrible situation only because of financial needs and your guilt. You have nothing to be guilty about, Carmen. You need to ask that social worker to tell her you are ready to leave, but you can't have him threaten to know where you are and to kill a landlord. Uh, and he's, he's a sick man. He's a sick man. He wants you. He needs you, he says, but he is abusing you nonstop. You, he's a sick man, and you must leave and be protected. Tell the social worker you're ready to leave, but your whereabouts have to be kept secret. While he's at work, let them come and pick you up and your two boys and take you to a safe place. Uh, I'm guessing it's the older boy that wants to stay with his dad. Um, that's a very difficult situation. He's under 18, and he has to come with you. If he stays with his dad, there's no home for him. There's no protection. His dad works. Social services has to intervene. He's underage. He needs to come with you. Um, and if he argues with you, you don't you take any bad words from him. Don't you let him put a hand on you. You say, honey, I love you, but... Protective services will not allow you to stay with your dad because you're underage and he has to go to work. So for now, you're coming with me. And if your papa can work out a situation where you can live with him, then we can change that. So we can pray for God's will on that. But Carmen, um, forget the jab. Don't worry about spike proteins. Don't take it yourself. You're right. But don't let that be the issue. Find Ask your social worker to find a protective place for you, a home for abused women with children, and they'll come and pick you up when he's not around, and you will give your address to not him or anyone. Um, and from there, they can help you. Okay, Carmen, don't worry about divorce or any, just separate from him. You must get out of there, and you must protect your children. Um, and nothing's going to change him, not from pornography, not from his abusive personality, not from his self-centeredness, not from anything. Apparently, he's smart. He can hold a good job, get good finances. Very nice. But he cannot have you. Um, uh, you must separate and be strong. Uh, I understand the PS. TSD that you're going through and many traumas, but you've got to get yourself to a safe place and be protected as God will help. Um, okay. Um, 
We have a, a quick email uh, from uh, someone who writes it anonymously again, and she says, my question is regards to marriage. A non-Catholic friend of mine who has always believed that a couple living together outside of marriage was wrong has seemed to recently change his views on the matter. When a conversation is brought up about a couple living together, he mentions that it's not wrong because they are married in their hearts. God did not establish marry, married in people's hearts. Um, without a marriage being consummated, um, it's not a marriage, which means they're living in fornication. He says that if a couple believes in Jesus and loves each other, they are married in God's eyes. No, they are living in fornication in God's eyes, and they are on their way to hell in God's eyes. They don't necessarily have to be married by a pastor or priest. Yes, they do. He said that even Jesus said, the woman at the well, that she had five husbands, meaning that she was in desperate, desperate sin, and that this proves that you don't need someone to marry you in order to be husband and wife. She was in desperate sin on her way to hell, and he discovered her sins. What can I say to him to show him this is false understanding of marriage? Just what I have just said to you in this email. This is the end of the program, beloved. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.